Welcome back to Toddler Purgatory. I am one of your hosts, Blair Brooks. Hi, and I'm one of your other hosts. No, just the other host. There's two of us. I'm Molly Lloyd. Just two. (laughs) Thanks so much for being here. If you're new to our podcast, welcome. And if you're coming back for repeat time, thank you. Today we're talking about mom tribes or parent Parent posses. Yeah. And also the big thing we're talking about is, do I need one? Should I do it? And of course, it has so much more to it than just deciding to do it. Where do I find one? How do I find one? So let's get started by defining what is a mom tribe. Now, this is a great phrase, which I just read on beachnut.com. And they define mom tribe as a parlor group, mom's club, or mommy friends. Oh, a parlor group. Like we just sit in the parlor, we drink tea, we talk about our children's. I, you know, I hope there's no crust on these sandwiches. <laughs> parlor group, which is such a great name. It's a group of women who may or may not have known each other before having children who join forces to navigate the world of motherhood together. Whether they're in person or online, 70% of moms agree that their inner circle of moms is their largest source of support. Okay. Yeah. Okay. 70% is a large amount. I mean, I think we've all heard about these mom tribes. Uh, Blair, what are your thoughts on this? Do you have one? Do you feel like you even need one? What's? Yeah, I mean, I'll tell you this. In the beginning of when I was like pregnant, I was like, I don't need no mom friends. I got plenty of friends, right? I was like, I didn't get it. I just didn't understand. You know, you don't know about being a mom until you become one. So I didn't really seek it out. And then I had my son and... At first, it was like, fine. I didn't have, you know, I had my friends, friends, you know, some who had kids, some a lot who didn't. And but they were cool, like coming over, hanging out, holding the baby. But then like after a couple months, I was like, oh, man, there's some things I'd love to run by a couple people in person with a glass of wine. Right. And I, you know, here's the thing. And this is pretty personal. I'm going to go deep. Do you mind if I go a little deep? Never, never. This is a deep Blair Burks cut. So my husband, I am African-American. My husband is white. He is 97% Irish. (laughs) And my children look more Irish than they do African-American. So once that feeling of wanting to find friends and kind of seek it out, I had a really, really hard time because everyone thought that I was my kid's nanny and they treated me as such. Ah. And yeah, so that was the thing. It was like at first it was I'd be at like Starbucks or I don't know, just like I would be anywhere. Mm-hmm. And and it wasn't that I wouldn't get that like camaraderie feeling that you do with other moms. You know that feeling. It's like that thing. Yeah. Right. And I wouldn't feel that. And I was like, and in turn it made me feel like really lonely. And I was like, oh, is this my like, is this because I was negating my need for mom friends because I'm too cool for mom friends, right. right? Is that what it is or is something else going on? So it took me a hot minute and, you know, and with my hormones and stuff, it did not help, right? My anxiety or depression postpartum. And then one day I was in Starbucks grabbing some coffee with my kid and this woman turns around to me and she says... I'm sorry, this is such a weird question, but I just wanted to know, like, what's the going rate? Like, wh- how much do you charge for a uh, babysitting nanny? No. And I was like, uh, 
ah. And like my brain was like, oh, she wants to know how much you pay. (laughs) For your nanny who isn't there. Yeah, for my nanny who's not here with me and I don't have a nanny. Wait a minute. And I was like, oh, and then... And like, I'm a funny gal. I'm a, you know, pew, 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 shoot at the hip. But I was so... You're a sassy, witty lady. I'm a sassy gal. But I was so hurt and so like taken aback by it that I was like, oh, he's my kid. Right. You know, and then she was like, oops. Right. It was like kind of this like quick apology. But in that moment, I was like oh, this is different and this is going to be really hard for you. And it was. And it was until my kid was two and I was pregnant with my second and we moved to a whole new spot. And it was way more diverse, Mm -hmm. way more welcoming. And it was like the first day I was we were moving into our building. I had like two or three moms who came up to me and they were like, Oh my God, welcome to the building. My kids, your kids age and we should get together. And I was like, Whoa, whoa, whoa. This is amazing. So, I mean, that's a long winded way of saying that it was very for me and my personal journey, uh, experience and journey. It was very hard to find my mom tribe, but now I have and I realize the importance of it, and I'm very grateful, very, very grateful for the friends that I've had for years that are moms and I have, and the women that I have met in my neighborhood close to me who adore and hold me up, Mm -hmm. and my kids as well. So, yeah, that's that. Molly, what's yours? (laughs) I feel like that last five minutes needs way more unpacking. (laughs) No, I feel like... That is a very good example of and major, you know, obviously there are some major problems in this world and in this country with that, those kind of not blatant, but latent feelings about assumptions and judgments that we all make, particularly when we first meet someone. And I think that's what is one of the deterrents or one of the roadblocks that we have towards making mom friends in the beginning. In particular, you hit on it. They are no joke. Those hormones are racing. We are experiencing the general isolation of motherhood and having first had a kid. And then we're trying to quickly go to the, get our kid to the playground and try to make eye contact with somebody who isn't going <laughs> right. to automatically judge us based on whatever, the color of our skin, right. the fact that I haven't brushed my hair in a week. You know, that's a major assumption versus a very minor assumption. But so we have these blocks, don't we? Oh, and that feeling of like being on the playground, you're just instantly brought back to elementary school, right? Where you're just like looking or you're in the coffee shop. You're just like looking around like someone see me. Someone (gasps) Someone see me. Yeah. You want to feel seen. I love that. Yes. So now here's an interesting question, Blair, I was thinking is so many of the articles that I was looking at. It was so funny too to read the headlines. And I've said this on other episodes before. There are so many sides to every (laughs) issue. (laughs) One would be why you need a mom tribe and you need it now. And then the next one would be, you don't need a mom tribe. (laughs) And I'm like, wow, 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 wow. So really, you know, what makes a mom tribe different from, as we said earlier, a parent posse? Can you get the same level of support from a parent posse? Can we just use the term mom tribe to describe a parent posse, a group of people who are going through a similar experience as you, who can provide support, compassion, and a listening ear? Do you think it matters about the, you know, gender or, you know, 
You do. I do. Because there's different conversations I have in parent posses. Like, especially, I feel like parent posses are like when I hang out with other couples who have kids, when we're all like hanging out with our kids. Listen, there's some different conversations that I'm having in that group of people than I am with my mom tribe. You know what I'm saying? We take the gloves off yeah. of the mom tribe. So helpful. Parent posse, it's like, <laughs> it's helpful. And it's like, it's it's more like the social group, you know, like the he, he, kiki. But then I'm when I'm with my mom <laughs> tribe, it's like. Because you're talking about emotions. You're talking about physical things that are happening to you. <laughs> and I'm, I, you know, I think yeah. emotion for yeah. me, it was helpful to have my mom tribe. So here's my story. We moved to a new town when I was about eight and a half months pregnant. But it was interesting timing and Man, talk about interesting timing. Speaking about obstacles and how, you know, it's never a great time to have the isolation of parenting. <laughs> but can you imagine all of the parents out there, moms and dads and adoptive parents and caretakers and grandparents who are now have a baby or a child during the pandemic or right before the pandemic? Oh, my goodness. Mm -mm -mm -mm. Those natural feelings of isolation, of searching for connection are amplified because we're all at home. Yeah. We're at home and, oh, it's so isolating already. You know, I was just telling my mom this just yesterday, literally. I said to her, because she's always like, love you. Shout out Peggy. But she's always like, I'll be like, oh, God, these kids, right? And she's like. Blair, just enjoy it. Enjoy every moment. And I'm like, Mom, can we just say, like, for right now and where we're at, that, like, it's really, really hard. This pandemic has made it really, really hard. And I said, when, before the pandemic, being able to reach out to my mom friends and my mom tribes and my parent posses, it was easy, right? Like, you just send a text, call up, whatever, see each other in passing. Let's grab a drink tonight, right? Right. You know what? Let's do uh, dinner Friday, Right. You can't do that anymore. It's just cautious. And that was like my one like hand reach out. That's like the one thing that I had that would help me as a mom post. I mean, pre-pandemic was like I was able to willy nilly, not really even think about it. Go out, figure something out to be with my mom peeps. And now you can't. And it's real. That is tough. It's so tough navigating ways to find those connections. When we get back from the break, we're going to talk a little bit more about whether we even need a mom tribe. And if we do, hey, how do we do this? How do we start to feel normal again coming out of this pandemic? And how can we get together with people to lend them our compassion and support and just a listening ear <laughs> and how to find that person for us as well? We'll be right back. Stick around. When you bring your child home for the first time, you want a baby monitor you can trust. When you choose Stork, you choose technology trusted to monitor 10 million babies in hospitals every year. Stork continuously tracks your baby's pulse rate, oxygen saturation, and temperature. Visit MassimoStork.com to learn more. Stork, a revolutionary baby monitor, is born. Stork is not a medical device. Read and understand all product labeling. Massimo data on file. 
It's January, and for me, that means New Year's resolutions. I don't know about you, but eating more healthy foods is always on the top of my goal list. Eating healthy is now easier with Hungry Root, and right now, Hungry Root is offering Toddler Purgatory listeners 40% off your first delivery and free veggies for life. Hungry Root makes it easy to eat healthy. They support all the major diets and lifestyles, including gluten-free, vegan-vegetarian, dairy-free, low-carb, and others. Hungry Root is the easiest way to get fresh, high-quality food delivered to your door. They've got healthy groceries and simple recipes all in one place. I love that Hungry Root recommends recipes and groceries based on my taste. I like to take their suggestions, and I always love what I get. My favorite are their burritos. I can quickly heat up a burrito and have lunch with no hassle. Right now, Hungry Root is offering Toddler Purgatory listeners 40% off your first delivery and free veggies for life. Just go to HungryRoot.com toddler to get 40% off your first delivery and get your free veggies. That's hungryroot.com slash toddler. Don't forget to use our link so they'll know we sent you. Welcome back to Toddler Purgatory, where we are discussing parent posses and mom tribes. I moved to a new state town, everything when I was quite pregnant. It took me a little while to get going with the mom friends but the whole time, even though I didn't have one in person, this was f- almost five years ago, even though I didn't have a mom tribe in person per se, I did have one because it just so happens that me and three of my friends mm-hmm. from the comedy world in New York all were pregnant. And so I was maybe six months pregnant or so, and I sent a text to those three saying, hey, guys, we're all pregnant, do around-ish the same time. Here's a funny article, something like that. It was just one text. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we were all buddies with each other kind of separately, but we weren't a friend group. But we knew each other, some more than others, right? And then the four of us just started trading text messages, trading text messages. People started sending funny articles, uh, funny pictures of waking up, you know, hashtag I woke up like this. And it was like, you look <laughs> crazy. And it is that kind of thing, Blair, that you were talking about in part one, where like it did make a difference that we were all going through this yes. physical thing together for this particular group. And we have, this was five years ago, and we are to this day still a text friend group. We got in those first three years before the pandemic hit, we got together as often as we could which, to be honest, was not that much. Mm-hmm. And also, we managed to get one vacation together where Ooh. we rented a big old house <gasps> yes. in the Poconos. So, we, yeah, it's been really great. You know, and we do text less now. I really feel like, as far as a mom tribe, I needed that support mostly in the first couple mm-hmm. years. But two, three years, I guess. Because that, for me, was the time of the most changes, not only in myself, but also in the baby. It's when the baby is learning to eat. The baby is breastfeeding or not breastfeeding, formula feeding or not formula feeding, taking a bottle or not. So we had all of these, you know, every day we had something to talk about. So I have found it that we have needed less day-to-day connection, but knowing that they're there, and we do text almost every day, but it might be one text here, one text there, a funny picture, a funny video. But that connection that we made in the first couple of years, that particularly that first year of the kids being born, lasts to this day. So, And it's almost all via text. And that's one thing we'll get into about all the different kinds of mom tribes or parent posses that you might have to provide that kind of support. Yeah, same. I have my girls, we all worked in the bar together. And we all have kids. There's three of us. And we all have kids around the same age. And yeah, the same thing. We've always had like our text group. And then it turned into, 
you know, from getting engaged to getting married to now having children. And then once we had the kids that like it like ramped up and it's like daily and throughout the day. Um, Even to this day, yeah. And I think that's just from our past as well. But yeah, and I tell you what's been the most beneficial from that is that these women know who I am as a person first. Oh, that's interesting. Yes. And they know me in a personal way. So sometimes when I feel like I'm outside of myself being irrational, you know, I have my down days, whatever, or I need to vent, I can come to them and they come at me with advice that's coming from a place of like them knowing me. Mm -hmm. So it's like, well, Blair, sometimes you like being alone. So it's okay that you don't want to hang out with your kids, right? Or that you're really annoyed by your kids. Like you thrive on your alone time. And I'm like, oh, you're so right. Right. You know, the thing that I can say about mom tribes, mom friends is that there is that validation that you get that is sometimes essential because being a mom can feel like you are floating in space with no oxygen. (laughs) So my mom tribe, my mom friends really do provide that for me. Yeah. Well, the interesting thing is you and I are both, I think, sort of lucky because we have mom tribes that consist of people who knew us before. Mm -hmm. Now, a lot of mom tribes, so many, as I'm sure you can attest, so many of us go through the thing where our friendships change after we have a kid. Indeed. It's hard to keep up friendships in general, much less with people who aren't going through what you're going through. But I think it's still so possible to be able to get through the surface, you know, playground acquaintance level with some people and be able to make those kind of strong connections like you're talking about to get to know people. And another reason that mom tribes might be a good idea for some people is that it's also good for babies. I actually read on ThoughtfulParent.com. There's an article about mom tribes, and they talk about a book by Dr. Sarah Blaffer-Hardy, and the book is called Mothers and Others, The Evolutionary Origins of Mutual Understanding, which I love the name of that, Mothers and Others, because it isn't just about mothers, it's about the people who form this community around us, right? And she says, and this is from the article, Dr. Hardy considers the role other caregivers play in helping us humans become social. As we all know, human babies, in contrast to most all other mammals, including primates, are born surprisingly dependent on adults and stay that way for a long time. Most other mammal babies can leave their mothers within a few months or a couple years at the most and function quite well in their environment. Not so with human babies. They require many years. And then Dr. Hardy says, some would say more than 18 (laughs) to become independent people. And it's about that socializing that is good for the babies. And, you know, obviously there's other ways for mom tribes to get together. Like we talked about you know, just getting, there's a very great need to just be able to sit around with a cup of coffee and your mom friends and no kids. That's so important because you have somebody to talk to and have a break from the kids. Mm-hmm. But also a lot of mom groups get together because of the kids, of course. Yep. You meet them on the playground. You form a play group. You see them after school, you know, at school pickup or whatever. And that socialization with other adults, as well as with those other babies and kids, is so good for human babies. That was like, One thing that I missed when I had a kid was that, oh, right, I'm socializing for because I'm teaching them how to socialize. And now sometimes it backfires on me. (laughs) Why is that? Well, for example, my son was I taught him that you don't touch a black woman's hair. (laughs) (laughs) 
And he saw someone touching a little girl's hair at the playground. And he said, excuse me, you don't touch a black woman's hair. (laughs) That is amazing. Or like both of them, actually, like sometimes they'll just the way that they're just like interacting with people is like exactly how Yes, I interact with people, just my mannerism. It's so funny. We were hanging out with some friends on vacation in the past couple of weeks. We went to their house and they have three little boys who are just older than my guy. So they're like seven and nine and 11, something like that. And of course, he idolizes them. (laughs) So it was so wonderful. They'd come in like we would be in the dining area and they were in the playroom watching a movie or something. So one by one, they'd come in and maybe they'd refill their popcorn bowl or their they'd grab their water bottle and whatever. And then my son came in and just like kind of came in, looked (laughs) around, kind of made this open gesture with his arms like, here I am. Then turned around and left because he didn't know what they were doing in there. All he had done was seen them leave the playroom, each of them one by one. And he's like, I thought they, I mean, I assume he was thinking, I think they're just going to visit the parents. So he came in and just was like going to, "Ah," and then left. It was great. I thought they were just making grand entrances. No? Okay. No, no. All right, bye. But yeah, they learn from not only the other kids, but also us and other parents. And that's why it's so important for us as well. And the other thing I think we, you know, bears repeating is that coming out of the isolation, not only of motherhood, but also of the pandemic, we need to socialize. We need to talk to other adults. We need to get, as I like to say, back on track. Let's get back on track. Nothing will ever Mm -hmm. be the same again. And we're still in it, obviously. But I do think that there are steps we can take. One of the articles I read had a picture of two women on a park bench, but one was at one end with her stroller and one was at the other end and they were both wearing masks, but their faces were kind of animated. And for some reason, this it was probably a stock picture, like Getty photos or something. <laughs> but I saw that picture and I got tears in my eyes because I thought, yes, like, man, it's so hard to get out of the house some days. It's so hard, especially when your little ones are little. And to make that effort can often be quite worth it. And you can reach out in all different kinds of ways. I do think it's harder for introverts. I took one of those tests once. I was either an extroverted introvert or an introverted extrovert. (laughs) I can't remember. (laughs) I think there's a difference. I'm going to take it again. I'll report on a future pod about what I am because I do forget. But I do sort of identify with the problem of introverts where it's not easy for anybody, but in particular introverts, to go to a playground and spark up a conversation. Yes. To get deeper than just making eye contact in a quick wave or something. Yeah. And also sometimes, let's just say, you go to the park and your kid's playing and it is so nice to sit on a bench and read a book. Absolutely. Like, you can do that too. You can keep an eye on your kid and have a moment to yourself. And that is so valid and important. However, on those days when you do feel like reaching out, it can be especially hard for someone whose natural instinct is to stay quiet and to stay by themselves. And it's hard to reach outside that comfort zone. But a lot, and we're all so tired already, aren't we? I'm (laughs) I'm like, the more energy that I put out, the more tired I get. No, thank you. (laughs) But to make those, put those little feelers out, so to speak. And as soon as you can, you know, one of the articles I read said, you have to break through the chit chat, right? Yes, you do. So that's can be hard. But uh, one thing I read which really struck me was that you chit-chat, you talk about the new playground equipment, or you talk about their hats that match. And as soon as you can, if you feel like there is a spark there, you don't know anything about this person yet. You don't know if your values are going to align. 
et cetera, for a long lasting friendship. But you'll never know until you kind of try. Right. <laughs> so it isn't about being like, so where do you stand on the 2016 presidential race? I mean, it's, <laughs> it's not like that. But it is. So when you're not here at the playground, you know, <laughs> What do you like to do? It sounds like a dating service. You come here often? To the do you come here often? Because we do. <laughs> 10 a.m. and 2 p.m. every day. So you do what you can to take it from chit-chat to getting to know this person outside of it. Listen, and your kids help out, too. I have met other moms, other parents, just via my kids playing with them or Listen, sometimes having a little spat on the playground, you know, a little playground spat they happen or, you know, being in the aisle of Target and being like, don't touch that. Stop that. And then I get that look from that mom. That's like, right. And I'm like, yes. And then you just like, yes, it's sometimes you don't need like an opener. Sometimes you just need a look. Yes. Right. And then it's like, that's very true. The, and that's what I was talking about. Like, before when my son was first born, like I was looking around for these looks for these connections and I wasn't getting it. And it was because people were othering me. Mm -hmm. But then once I got into a community that saw me for who I was, once I started getting those connections, once I started, the feelers started connecting, it became way easier. Yeah. And I think as moms, especially once you do make that like feeler connection, there's like this huge breath of fresh air. There's this wave that you can literally see being lifted. And you're just like, girl, come on over here. Yes. Let's chit chat. But six feet away. Put your mask on. Thank you. <laughs> but, you know, you, you strike on a good point, which is. We also have to, in addition to getting out of our comfort zones as far as striking up a chat with somebody, if you're looking for a mom tribe, if you're looking for some connection. Don't do it. Is to also try and not yes. judge yes. people right away because we all do that. But your specific instance, Blair, is a really stark example of the quick judgments we all make. Totally. And I think there was this group, let me tell you, there was this group of women who I would drive down the road in my old neighborhood and I liked this town and it's a town over from where we live now. And I just didn't have that many connections with people. One woman went out of her way at a story time to talk to me, and she's still my friend. And I am grateful every day that she was so open, so gregarious. Her eyes were bright. She was interested in what I was saying. I don't know how her eyes were bright because I just needed to sleep. <laughs> I was so tired. But she was the person to reach out, and I will to this day, I'm grateful. But I would drive down the road or be walking my son in his stroller at the time. And I definitely saw a few times a group of women pushing their strollers together, wearing athleisure clothes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thinking, you know, healthy and walking and doing their strollers, you know, like a TV show. And I just was like, hadn't brushed my hair in two days. <laughs> I think I knew where my toothbrush was, but I wasn't sure. Right. And I'd see them and be like, how in the hay? What in the hoe? And I couldn't figure out how they got together. How do they know each other? How do I meet these people? And I had a little bit of my own thing going on, too, because I am a little bit of an older parent. So... I also felt like, oh, they wouldn't right. want to. I'm a lug. Anyway. I'm a big old lug. I'm a lug. And I'm like, I just needed, later on when I got more sleep and I got better, I came out of the baby blues, that kind of thing. And that was when I could be the bright-eyed person at the library story hour to reach out to other people. So mm -hmm. keep in mind that we're all on our own journeys. They're pretty similar in early parenthood, but... To not make assumptions based on the fact that someone might look a little tired. Somebody, don't assume they're the nanny. There's a big red flag for yourself. Mm -hmm. And that person might end up be the person that provides the compassion, the listening ear, and the understanding that you're looking for. Anyway, when we get back, Blair, supposing you've decided to find yourself a mom tribe, 
what in the hey, who in the what, how do you do it? When we come back, we're going to explore so many good ideas about to find how to find your mom tribe. Great. Ah, see you in a minute. If you're a parent, I invite you to join us at the Mindful Mama podcast, where it's all about becoming a less irritable, more joyful parent. With sometimes hilarious and always thought-provoking experts and friends, at Mindful Mama, we know that you cannot give what you do not have. And when you have calm and peace within, then you can give it to your children. I'm Hunter Clark Fields, and I can't wait to see you there. Listen in to the Mindful Mama podcast. Feel like you're the martyr in your family? You're not alone. Hey, this is Joanne. And Brie. And we're from the No Guilt Mom podcast. Brie, we talk to a lot of moms. Yeah, we sure do. And if you're a mom who has a to-do list that is so massive that you get overwhelmed and you shut down. Or if you fall into the habit of doing everything for everyone and don't know how to change it, we can help you become a No Guilt Mom. We're going to take you from family martyr to family model. That's role model so that you role model the behavior that you want to see out of your kids. You're going to go from being tired and overwhelmed to energized and guilt-free. Every week, you'll get actionable strategies that you can implement right away from the experts that we interview and from us. We also have a whole lot of fun. So check out the No Get Mom podcast everywhere you listen to your favorite shows. And now, mom friends before kids versus mom friends after kids. From Toddler Purgatory. Before kids. All right, ladies, the club opens up at 11 p.m. Let's meet up there sometime before midnight and we can party all night long. After kids. Uh, you want to meet up at the park at like 7.15 a.m.? Yeah, my kid's been up since 4 a.m. And we could just stare into the ether while our kids eat some sand or something. Okay, cool. I'll see you then. Before kids. I am so sorry it took me 30 minutes to text you back. I was in class. After kids. I apologize that we haven't talked in three years. I had a kid, you know. Before kids. I don't think I've ever seen you cry before. I'm so glad I could be here for you in this tough moment. After kids. I cannot believe we got through this play date without either of us bursting into tears about the state of our entire existence. This is huge for us. Huge. Before kids. OMG, is that a bandage dress? It's great. I love the way it hugs your curves. You look really good. After kids. I'm so sorry to point it. You just, you have some, a little bit of poop in your hair. Did you know that already? You know, maybe I shouldn't have pointed it out. It actually looks really good. And this has been Mom Friends Before Kids versus Mom Friends After Kids. From Toddler Purgatory. Okay, we're back and we are back with some ideas. So you've decided to find a mom tribe. Let's do this. Huh. How do I do that? But how though? But how? So I looked to a couple of resources. One was on a really fun blog called coffeeandcarpool.com. They have some easy steps to finding new mom friends. And one of them also popped up on a parents.com article that I read. So this first suggestion really rings true, I think, for both you and I, Blair, which is look to your neighbors first. True. Which I think also rings especially true because of this never-ending pandemic. (laughs) In the Parents.com article, How the Pandemic Has Changed Your Friendships, there's a doctor named Dr. Francine Zeltzer, PhD. She's a family and child psychologist. And she says, 
Now that we've all been through almost a year of living through a pandemic, there are inconsistencies and variations between what different people feel comfortable doing and what socializing safely means to them. Friendships might grow out of what she calls COVID comfort situations or spending time with people who share similar beliefs and practice safety strategies that align with yours. That is so true. And I think the reason why that falls under the look to your neighbors first category is because you can kind of figure that out. When we moved to the town that we live in now, we happened to move to a block with, I think we're six young boys on this block and we're soon to have a baby who's a girl who's going to shake things up. Shake it up. But um, it's a great block with a bunch of great kids on it. And it becomes easy by seeing how people live and waving to them and going for walks and walking our dogs and hanging out with our kids who we might feel on the same safety level with, who we can sit in the backyard with, with our Adirondack chairs six feet apart, sipping a cocktail or a cup of coffee and letting the kids play, if you feel safe with that. And I think that's why neighborhood or in your building, if you're in a city or you know on your plat or circle or whatever, is a good place to look. Look local. Think local, shop local. Yeah. And I mean, like for me and just in general, I think the reason why I was so opposed to mom groups was that I thought that it was going to be hard. Right. And I was like, I got a dope set of friends as is. I'm good. But it honestly, it happens just like high school. You Mm -hmm. eventually like your energy is going to connect to the same energy of other women, people. And it happens organically. But yes, look to your community if you have your neighbors, if you have a a loving, supportive community. And you know what helped me, Molly? The minute I got pregnant, only because I just needed some like pregnant, you know, pregnancy advice was I joined every Facebook mom group. Yeah. And, you know, social networking. And that was just like top notch. And to this day, still is. I'm just like, I hope nothing ever happens to social media because this is like where I get half, if not 98% of my parenting advice from and support for sure. And support. Oh, I completely agree. And just going back to one thing you said, it is sort of elemental human chemistry that will bring you two people and let those relationships flourish. That's another thing I read, which struck me was don't get discouraged because not every time you reach out, is it going to work? It's not. And it's okay. And you have to kind of go, okay, today wasn't the day. Or I talked to that person on the playground and she was more concerned with reading her book, with taking aspirin because she has a headache, Mm -hmm. with texting on her phone. And that's okay because that person in two weeks might be in a place where they've gotten more sleep, where they feel more connected. They're more open for connection. Or that person may not be your kind of person because not every mom is going to be your kind of mom. Let them live and let them go because yes. Because I've definitely tried to strike up conversations with people who were not interested in a conversation with me or were not interested in my kid playing with their kid. (laughs) And that happens. And it's okay. And I take it personally for 12 to 24 hours and then I let it go. (laughs) I'm a rock with a hole in the middle and I hold it until it drains out into the ground. I thought you were about to say 12 to 24 minutes because I'm like 12 to 24 seconds. I'm like, oh, you don't want to play with me? Bye. So you're going to be, not everybody (laughs) is going to be for you. You're not going to be for everybody. And the other thing you touched on, Blair, which is definitely on my list, which is social media, or as I like to put it, don't shy away from virtual friendships and virtual connections. My gosh, how much in this pandemic has social media and computers been a blessing? I mean, thank goodness we have that to be able to reach out to other people. There's so many great online communities. 
in the um, beachnut.com, they say virtual friends can be another awesome resource for at-home moms. In addition to Facebook groups, there's one for literally every topic. And if not, why not start your own, which we'll get into in a minute. Online forums are full of moms looking for advice, camaraderie, and understanding. And I can't tell you how often in the What Fresh Hell Facebook group, I see somebody post something and the comments after are A, so incredibly supportive. And B, people say, I thought I was the only one who felt this. Thank you. Right. Right. How many times do you read that or even say that? Yes. (laughs) Even if you don't post it, you say to yourself, oh, that's me. That's me. So try not to shy away from connecting virtually with people, online Facebook groups. There's also a whole bunch of resources online, which I'm just going to touch on now, but we'll put them in our show notes of places where you might be able to meet people locally. Meetup.com is a classic. Mops, which is Moms of Preschoolers, M-O-P-S. There's also Moms, M-O-M-S, which is Mothers Offering Mothers Support. It's a different club. National Organization of Mothers of Twins Clubs. It's also known as Multiples of America. So you can find all different local clubs. Holistic Moms Network, Mothers and More, founded in 1987, which consists of moms who have left the paid workplace and those who are working for pay part-time, full-time, and everything in between. Attendants include advocacy for all mothers and respect for all the work done by mothers, paid or unpaid, which I think is really interesting. Also, your local La Leche League not only provides incredible feeding support for formula and breastfed babies, but also they often have a referral network to other moms in your area. So, yeah, so that's the point is that online are so many different resources which could really, really help you out. And also, and what you said, Molly, was like, you know, we're just looking for understanding. What I need from you is understanding. Remember that? Who was Escape? that? Escape. 90s R&B group Escape, boo-boo. I can't believe I don't anyway. know it. Dang it. But yeah, we're just looking for, you know, you're just looking for understanding and you will find yes. it. You will definitely find it. So here's another one from Coffee and Carpools. A couple more suggestions. Say yes to invites, which is sometimes hard for introverts and extroverts alike (laughs) because we're so darn tired. But do your best to say yes to almost everything while you're searching for those connections. You can organize your own mom's night. Almost everything. Because you also don't stress yourself out in that if you're invited to something and you aren't feeling up to it or you're not in the mental space, don't put that pressure on yourself to say yes to everything. Because as moms, we do that sometimes because we feel guilty, because we feel as though we're living for our children and our children only. But say yes if you are saying yes for you. If you are saying yes for you. Yeah. For you, boo-boo. Yes, for sure. (laughs) Organize a mom's night, which we were talking about, which could be good to have a kid-free night. And it might be putting... This is something I have to do. This is my takeaway from this show is that I need to organize a mom's night because in this community that I live in, I know separate moms who are awesome, who do not know each other. So who am I to keep those amazing people from each other? I am not someone. I need to get them in my backyard, in my Adirondack chairs, and just let these awesome women get to know each other. Whether that forms a mom tribe or not, I don't know. I can't predict the future, but I know I love them. I know they're (laughs) awesome. So maybe this is my cue. That's so sweet. Molly, you have such a big heart. That's amazing. I have zero interest in doing (laughs) that. You know what? As we said, say yes if for you, but say no if you can't do it. <laughs> exactly. I'm such a curmudgeon. And here's another thing, which is meet your kids' friends' moms. And of course, a lot of our friendships have to do with, or in our socializing revolves around our kids, right? So it's about what we talked about earlier, breaking through 
those sort of chit-chat barriers. And now might be a good time to promote people from acquaintance status to friend status. On the Parents.com article, Dr. Zeltzer talks about how not all friendships happen due to a uh, perfect moment in time where a spark or immediate chemistry tells you that someone will be your lifelong friend. She says, all relationships take work and effort, and if you already have a network of people you speak to, try to see who you might be able to bring to the next level, which I thought was a great idea. The next time that you're, you know, if you have 15 people in a text group of moms, you know, because all your kids are in the same class, think to yourself, is this a good time to reach out to one of them to make that special connection? And lastly, Blair, hey, have you ever thought about starting your own mom group? That'd be a hard no. Yep. (laughs) So I want to get my girlfriends in the backyard to have a glass of wine and meet each other. However, if that doesn't sound like something you want to do, or if you're just trying to hang on because you're exhausted and you're at home, or if you don't live in the kind of community where you have that, most of your connections are virtual or your best friend from college or your mom is your resource, which is awesome, or you know whatever your main person is, if you're thinking to yourself, you know, this mom group thing sounds good to me. On beachnut.com, they have some suggestions about how you start your own. First, you really have to define your vision. Like I just described my vision is, you know, four or five Adirondack chairs in the backyard and, you know, it's a box of wine. You know, it's a box. (laughs) Let's be honest. (laughs) Boxes have come a long way, people. So define your vision. On Beachnut, they say, do you imagine a small group, a large group, a big geographical area, or just your neighborhood? Does it matter whether the women know each other, etc.? They say, jotting a few parameters will help give shape to your ideal tribe. Start thinking about potential members, what activities you might do. And then simply pick a place in time. Is this a stroller walking group and you'll meet up at your local abandoned mall (laughs) or is it going to be just a you know a bunch of moms getting together to have a cup of coffee at your local starbies or whatever and then the other thing is this was really interesting to me set the rules early on so to keep it friendly to keep everybody's expectations in order educational psychologist and parenting expert michelle borba says uh, encourages two parameters the first is to remember confidentiality it's like fight club What happens in mom group stays in mom group, stays in mom group. And some people, she suggests that some people might even benefit from having a professional or third party moderate the group, like a psychologist or counselor. Eh, I don't know if that's necessarily for me, but if you're putting together a much more structured group, that may work for you. Borba says, we've got to understand and not judge other moms' parenting decisions. We have to collectively turn the labels around immediately and empower one another to be the best moms we can be. The bottom line, it's all about hearing moms out, not shaming them. She advises, the best antidote to shaming is empathy. I love that because there's a lot of mom shaming and comparison and compare and despair out there. So if you can find a person or group that provides you some support, compassion, and encouragement, it could really help you not only in the day to day, but also as you bring Um, your kids. Listen, I want to come to your group, Molly. I'm just 24 seven. So tired. Okay. Thank you. (laughs) I just can't imagine doing all of that work, but I want to come to a group like that. For sure. Yeah. And well, like I said, like my friend who reached out at that library early, early on at the library reading time, she was that person in my life. Like people have different roles in your life. And she was the person who I needed in that moment to reach out to me so that I knew I wasn't alone. She set up, we 
took hikes with our kids. We like, thank goodness for her. And in that time, I was not able to do that. I didn't have the strength. I didn't have the energy. And now I think I could be that person. If we're on the playground, I can reach out to somebody. I feel like I could reach out and provide that support and encouragement, but you can't always do that. So just do what you can do. Yeah. And again, trust yourself. Don't judge yourself. Don't judge others. And just know that we're all about the understanding and that energies connect. Energies connect. You will connect with someone. You will find your people. And it may take a hot minute, as it did for me. But on the other side of it, I have a really beautiful community that I can sit in and be uh, really like covered in nothing but mama love when I need it. And it's really great to reach out and to be reached for. So have no fear. So if that sounds good to you, if the idea of a group of primarily or exclusively women or whoever provides comfort to you sounds good to you, we'll list those resources at the end of the episode notes. And also know that sometimes, some days you're not going to have the energy to reach out. And when we put our children to bed and we lay down <laughs> on the couch and we're scrolling through whatever, Facebook, Instagram, whatever online group provides you with comfort. I hope it's the What Fresh Hell Facebook page because so oh boy, does that provide so me good. comfort. I love it. Sometimes that's all you need. And I can put the phone down and get ready for bed and say and feel like I had a connection, like I had that sense of empathy because I saw somebody else or other people going through what I'm going through. It is. It can be quite comforting. It is quite comforting. Great. Well, I'm glad we solved it today. <laughs> solved it. And listen, yeah. Molly and I are your mo- part of your mom tribe as well. Yes. Come listen. Come hang out with us. Let's talk yeah. about this, the purgatory in which we sit in. Let's do it. Are you sitting? Because I'm standing. <laughs> I'm sitting. I'm always sitting. I'm standing in that purgatory. Let me tell you, uh, just ready to bolt at any moment. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> Just kidding. Thank you all so much. We're so appreciative to you, our online community. We love the notes you leave on the What Fresh Hell Facebook page. Um, You can also always go to toddlerpurgatory.com. You know we have merch available. We got that merch, girl. We did. So go to toddlerpurgatory.com for all the good things. Thank you. We'll see you at the next one. Real truth alert, pregnancy, birth, and having a baby isn't all sunshine and rainbows. I wish it were, but the reality is that many people struggle and suffer through this time without the right help or even knowing what they're dealing with. I'm perinatal psychologist, Dr. Katayun Kayani, also known as Dr. Kat. My podcast, Mom in Mind, aims to shine a light on the difficult reality that so many hopeful and new parents experience and raise the volume on how we can better support mental health, which is a big part of our overall health. Episodes include personal stories from people who have healed through things like pregnancy and postpartum anxiety, depression, PTSD, and so much more. I also talk with specialists and experts who explain and educate on these conditions. All of this to support parents to know that they are not alone, that healing is possible, and there are resources that can help you today. Listen into Mom and Mind and walk with me through the world of perinatal mental health.
When it comes to raising kids, there's so much to consider. Things like, what do we feed them? When do we feed them? How do they sleep? What does it look like to raise kind kids? How does their nervous system work? How do I keep myself calm? What are my triggers? There's so much that comes into play, and we are distilling all of that information for you at Voices of Your Village podcast, where we bring experts in the field of early childhood and education and psychology and across the board so that you don't have to comb the internet for information. You get to show up and hang out and have shame-free, judgment-free conversations and insights into what it looks like to raise kind, empathetic, emotionally intelligent humans. I'm Alyssa Blask Campbell. I have a master's degree in early childhood education. I'm a mom of two, and I am walking this journey right alongside you doing this work. Come hang out with me at Voices of Your Village, and we can dive into real conversations with actionable tips.